Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Steve, welcome. Good to have you aboard. How are you today, pal? Okay? Chris, doing great. Good to be with you. Nice to have you with us here. Um, are you? Let's. Uh, we got. I want to take a break in the middle of it because I want to do off the field stuff. Let's do the World Series first. Are you more surprised? You probably have to be more surprised. Arizona's in this World Series, or more surprised Texas is in this World Series. Yeah, I, I think probably more surprised Arizona. I mean, I you know an eighty four win team, the sixth seed in the National League, and you know you know that National League wild card could have gone any which direction as it finished up with the Cubs and the and the Reds and the Marlins and the Giants and everybody you know fighting to get in there uh, with it. And so uh, you know, I think that that uh, you know, but both these teams were underdogs in all three series in which they performed, and and I don't think anybody looked at it any differently. We, people might have predicted that they could pull off an upset, but it would have been an upset. They were underdogs in all three series. And so I think probably more so for the for the, the D-backs. There's at least some experience factor there for the Rangers. They were in first place for about 138 days of the regular season. Uh, and so, I mean, you know, they had a, a a season where, you know, they sort of maintained it for a longer period of time. Bochy managing and, and the veteran middle infielders and, and the money spent and, and all of that. So I think probably more surprised certainly for the D-backs with a, such a young team, you know, lesser roster. They Got, we were disappointed at the trade deadline. They didn't get a starting pitcher. I remember interviewing with Mike Hazen, and he's like, "We tried, but the asking price was too high." And you know, so they end up getting Tommy Pham, and and you know, they get Seawald from Seattle and try to piece it together that way, and it's worked for them. And so, uh, you know, it's, it, to me, it's an interesting uh, World Series. But I love the game, right? And so, you know, the question will be more so, you know, for the in between fan, how do they feel about trying to watch, you know, t- players they may not know a lot about, but could be really fun to watch on the field? All right. Uh, uh, listen, I think the scenario here uh, with the World Series, it's about length. And it's about competitive games. If they have length in this series and the games are competitive, whether it's compelling and you're sitting there in the, you know, uh, early next week and it's a game of peace and it's the eighth inning at 1-1 and the crowd's into it and the football is over. You know, there's not, you know, the Monday night game isn't great. Vegas and Detroit. If they get into a situation where they can get to Monday with some drama, a decent weekend here, the World Series will build. I agree, Stevie. Uh, West Coast, nothing East of the Rockies, I understand, or east of the Mississippi, I understand that. Nobody knows who Arizona is. He's not the, it's not the Yankees and the Dodgers. I get that. But to me, this World Series, the thing I like about it, these are flawed teams. And when you have flawed teams, Texas's bullpen, Arizona's offense, you have flawed teams, that means both teams are going to lose a game that they really shouldn't, which then means you should have length. So I think because of that, you might be looking at next weekend here all the way to next Saturday in the game seven. That's the overall theme for me. Let me get your take on that. Yeah, I, I got to say, I tend to agree with you. And, you know, the, the one thing about both these teams is when they're playing well, there's no guarantee it's going to continue. I mean, we've seen both of them be really streaky. And then, you know, there's when they're playing poorly, there's no guarantee that that's going to continue. Uh, and we've seen them go in the other direction with it. Look, they've each had exactly the same path. 
Uh, they were in the wild card. They swept the wild card round. They went to the division series. They swept the division series. And then they went to the league championship series and both won seven games. And, oh, by the way, both had to win the last two and come back and, and, and get it done uh, in the road stadium. And, and they were able to find a way to do that. Uh, and so it really is a very similar story with the path these teams have taken to get here. And I'm with you on it. I, I do feel like this legitimately has a chance to be a seven-game series. And, you know, you think about for Arizona – you know, Zach Gallen's their best pitcher, and they didn't win either of his starts in the LCS. And, and you know, he pitched great. Uh, they didn't win his starts, and yet they found a ways to win. Uh, and uh, on the other side of it, you know, the, the, the Rangers, Evaldi's been fantastic. Uh, Montgomery's been good, and yet they had to scramble seven games uh, to get there. And so, you know, I, they're, they're intriguing teams. They can win in different ways. Uh, and because of the flaws, as you mentioned, they'll, they'll probably lose a game, right? A bullpen will blow a game for the Rangers. Uh, you know, the, the, the uh, Diamondbacks will score a lot early, and then their offense will get shut down, and they won't be able to do anything else, and the Rangers will come back in a game uh, and do something. So I'm with you on it. I think it's got a chance to be fun, but I do think the length of the series – will speak to the quality of the series. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I, I think the fact that there'll be so many ups and downs, that might be interesting. Do you give a big advantage to Bochi over Lavello as far as the managerial chair is concerned? You're really different managers. And, and you know, they've made a lot of right decisions. Uh, now, Bochi did it by leaving Evaldi in with the bases loaded and the guy who owned him more than any other hitter. He gave up more home runs against Altuve than any other hitter. I'm still stuck on that. Like, I'm amazed because nobody does that anymore. And on the other side of it, uh, where Evaldi was in trouble and Bochi left him in, uh, Lovello has a pitcher and fought who fought that, that's never gotten in trouble and he keeps come, taking him out of the game. And Merrill Kelly takes him out after five innings when he just went through the top of the Phillies lineup. And you think if he got those three, he can certainly, and he struck out two out of the three, he can get the next ones and he takes him out of the game. And so different you know, styles in one more scripted, one more contextual, uh, and, uh, and, but both have paid dividends and their players all seem to support the way their manager manages the game. All right, momentum, uh, who has more of it, and do you believe in it for game one? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I do believe in momentum, and, and you know, again, I, I do think a couple days off, so it can quiet it a little bit. I just think the, the Rangers' offense being as explosive as they were against Houston probably gives them a little bit more momentum uh, than, than uh, the Diamondbacks. But on the other side of it, for the Diamondbacks, you know, that's what their momentum looks like is Corbin Carroll. Uh, you know, a three for four with two runs scored and two runs driven in and two stolen bases and and Cattell Marte driving in some runs. And and I mean, that's just what their momentum looks like. So it feels like there's more momentum for Texas. But I don't know that there's any part that we can tell the Diamondbacks that they have this or they don't have that because it, it doesn't matter what we believe. It just matters what they think. You know, it's that it's that psych 101 thing that I gave to my players one spring training, that picture of that everybody looks at it. And some people see the old lady with the ward on her nose and some people see the young girl with the feather in her hat and it's the same picture. And, and that people can look at the same picture, uh, whether that's art or whether that's a team and see something different and they can be looking at the same thing. And I think that, and in the end, it doesn't really matter. It just matters only what those people believe they're looking at. And for the Diamondbacks, they believe in themselves and, and, you know, and, and, Toy Lovello's used everything he can to muster that energy of the us against them and us against the world mentality, and it's paying off. 
Yeah, sure has. I think they are pumped up by it. I think they, everybody realized that winning the beating the Phillies the way they did, and we'll do the Phillies here after our break, uh, you know, was uh, gives them a lot of juice and a lot of feel. If you can beat the Phillies two games in Philadelphia when they hadn't lost a playoff game, you should not be intimidated uh, by Texas. What's the... Uh, the defense, the speed, the offense, the bullpen, the pitching. Who's got the best unit? Is it the Texas offense? Who's got the? Is it the Arizona bullpen? What's the best unit? The best component of either team? What's the best one in this series? Let me hear. Yeah, it's de- definitely Texas offense. I, I do. I think it's the Texas offense is is the best. Now, these are two. These are the top two defensive teams in baseball. Each of them have made the fewest errors, one and two. Texas, the fewest, fewest, Arizona, the second fewest in the game. So you're going to have great defense in this game uh, all across the field. I think Arizona's shortstops made four errors all season long. Uh, and, you know, you think about it with the Phillies out, and Trey Turner and the defensive miscues that he had in his, over the course of the season. These are two really, really good defensive teams. But it's the Texas offense. Uh, and remember, you know, and again, we know that. And hitting can be streaky, which is the story of the Texas Rangers in many ways. Uh, and, you know, they're more of a power-based team where you look at, at Arizona, you think they're more of a manufacturing-type team, although they did hit a lot of home runs, you know, prior to the LCS. And so, uh, but I do think that. I think that, that you know, the starting pitching, I give an edge just because of all these, you know, 4-0 this postseason. Montgomery's pitched out of his mind. But, you know, I don't know what to expect out of Scherzer. I mean, the Fought kid has been better than Scherzer's been this postseason. Um, and game four for both teams is a bit, of, bit dicey. The bullpen is a major advantage for, you know, the biggest gap between the teams where I think that that I do think Texas is the component of the game that's the best is their offense. I think the biggest differential is the quality of the bullpens and, and, you know, what they've gotten out of the Arizona bullpen compared to the Rangers. Although I will say that my biggest concern for the Texas bullpen is the left-handers. You know, Saul Frank, Andrew Saul Frank, you know, and, and Kyle Nelson, Joe Mantiply, you look at their numbers and, you know, they've, they keep walking guys and they're walking the left-handed batters. And so I think Tori Lovello's biggest challenge is going to be, you know, Corey Seager coming to the plate and Evan Carter and what's he going to look like and, and, you know, and flipping hitters around and, and what are they doing with left-handed bats? Because uh, the left-handed relievers have not pitched very well for Arizona and they tend to walk the left-handed batter. And then remember, they have to stay in and face the right-handers. And that's where I think there's some vulnerability. Vulnerability. All right. Um, I think long. I think home field won't mean a lot. I think both teams have some momentum. Uh, I agree with you about the component with the Texas team, but it does make up for a little bit with the Arizona bullpen. Ginkle's done a tremendous job in the eighth inning. Seawall's probably better than Leclerc. Um, so, and a speed aspect, you know, and we all know Arizona can run. Uh, I don't think the ballpark uh, in either direction is that intimidating. So I think both teams will win games away from home. Uh, but I will, at the end of the day, I will rule for Texas. I think they're going to win their first championship. I'll go Rangers in seven. Yourself. Yeah, I'm there with you, Rangers and seven. I think it's. I do think it's going to be seven. Uh, I think it's going to be a really fun series, uh, and you know there will probably be both teams giving away a game at some point during the course of the seven. Uh, and uh, and but I do. I think that there's just a little more consistency 
on the side of the uh, uh, the the Texas Rangers. And uh, and you know, Bochy's pushed a lot of the right buttons. And and you know, for Tori Lavello, it's worked. Uh, you know, he, he hasn't done it the way I would do it, but it's worked for him. And it's and and he's done it the way that he. And and I got to tell you, the other thing I really appreciate about Tori Lavello is that he lets us into his thinking. Like he doesn't just say, "Well, the numbers sort of give me this." No, he's like giving you, "This is my plan. This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it." You may or may not agree with me, but this is how I think about it. This is how we're laying it out. This is why. We're we're going this way and that way. And I got to tell you, the bullpen game he managed, he was he managed that game very well uh, and uh, and pulled out a win in it. So, you know, I, I think that, that you know, he's done a nice job with the way that he does it. And Bochy's done a good job the way that he's done it. Uh, and But I'm with you. Seven games, and I've got the Rangers winning as well. All right, Steve, we got a few minutes here. Let's do three or four things. One, the Phillies, a horrific loss. It's going to go down in that city's history, this disaster against Arizona. How does Dombrowski handle what happened there at the end of that best of seven let me hear yeah i i don't think there's anything dramatic that happens there i think they you know they just didn't get it done and and as much as you know we can point to this move and that move or this you know it it it, in kimbrel and and everything else they didn't hit when they needed to hit uh and castellanos after the home run in the lcs in the beginning went over 24 after that uh and so you know their bats cooled off they got uh you know they lost their feel at the plate and and things went south on them so i don't know that there's any action to take uh it's it's you know do a deep dive into what happened how it happened what are we going to do and then start to make personnel decisions for next year as to where they're going to go and and you know i think the the you know, Christopher Sanchez start when it was the bullpen day for Arizona, you know, flipped the script a little bit there where it certainly felt like this thing is going to, you know, go in a different direction uh, for the Phillies and and they let it get away. And, and you know, they didn't hit that day and, and Sanchez didn't pitch well. And, and so, I you know, I don't know that there's any real action to take. I think it's disappointment for sure. Losing at home was a shock. I mean, no way did I think that, that Arizona down 3-2 going back into Philadelphia with the way that the Phillies fans had dominated and the Phillies had dominated at home. It didn't seem like there's any chance in the world they'd come back and do it. Now they did and they pulled it off to their credit. Uh, but I think that the, the Phillies offense disappeared on them. And, you know, I mean, they didn't have anything for Trey Turner this season. Like they really, you know, turned on a little bit in the postseason. But they've got, you know, they just need their good players to play a little bit better. And Castellanos just disappeared on them when they needed them the most. All right. Nola, are they going to re-sign him? I, boy, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think if, you know, he's coming off of his worst season. Uh, and um, although, you know, pitch better, a little better in the playoffs until the, the LCS, I, I don't know that they will. I think that, that uh, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. And I suspect that there will be teams that pursue him more aggressively. And, uh, and they're going to look to retool a little bit and, and see where they're going to look for next year. Remember, they have Taiwan Walker still with Wheeler. Uh, Ranger Suarez, who's back, going to be healthy all year, and he's a good pitcher. Uh, the Sanchez kid, they've got the able kid down at the minor league level who had the surgery to Tommy John, but you know he'll work his way back at some point. So I don't, I don't think that they're going to. Uh, it won't shock me if they do, but it, you know, my experience is they would have done it by now if they were going to. All right. Uh, no shock that Dusty retired. Who's going to manage the Astros? Where are they going? Well, you know, it's funny because everybody thought it's a slam dunk for Council to to be the manager for the Mets. But if you're Council and you're looking at what jobs are open that that are appealing, 
where's the Mets? The Mets job is probably fourth in line. I mean, if you're going to leave Milwaukee, uh, then I think Houston and San Diego are probably more appealing than the, than the, the Mets job. So council, I think is going to, you know, be able to play this out. And, and at the very least, it's going to run the price up on the Mets, which is good for him. Uh, but Joe Espada, you know, is the guy who seems to be in line for that job down there. You know, he was Dusty's bench coach. When Dusty got uh, ejected the other day, he made the decision to hit for Maldonado and for Jeremy Pena and both guys got hits uh, in that moment. And so, um, you know, I think Espada's, you know, he's he's kind of in line. The question is, will they go with that? Jim Crane seems to feel like he likes big personalities as a manager, which means that that's probably not Espada. But uh, I'd be surprised if, if it's not council, it'll be Espada. All right. Are you shocked that the Padres let Melvin go manage the Giants? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I mean... I, I, I don't get it. I don't really understand it at all. I mean, what if they didn't hire him? I mean, you were going to bring him back and let him manage your team when he actually just made a statement to everybody in the clubhouse and your organization, I'd rather be there than here? I mean, because you don't go and interview for that job unless you know that you'd rather be in that place than being in San Diego. So once he left, in my mind, he was gone. I mean, I don't know how you bring him back if that's the case. And maybe they knew that that as long as, as they could work some deal out that he'd go there. But um, it really pointed to the disconnect between Melvin and A.J. Preller. And, and I think... Melvin in the clubhouse they're just I mean he managed with so much anger and that was anger more than just at a general manager it felt like so uh, I was surprised by it um, and you know I think that uh, a much different manager than than uh, Kapler is so it'll be interesting to see how many coaches he has compared to Kapler who had like 16 different coaches if the Mets don't go to council quickly in 30 seconds where are they going for a manager Boy, I tell you what, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I if it's not council, a spot is on the list probably to go. Uh, but I think that boy, it, it gets slim pickings from there. I don't think I don't think that uh, uh, Phil Nevin's a candidate there. Nevin may be a candidate down in Houston, having played there before. But I think the Mets are going to be left holding the bag if they don't get council. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.